Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are I hope you feel the presence of the Lord here today. I know I feel the presence of the Lord. Uh, Today, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. I have a message that the Lord stirred in my heart. I was reading through scripture and he really stirred Psalm uh, chapter 62. And that's where I'm going to stay at today. Uh, I want to just share some thoughts uh, with you on Psalm uh, 62. And I believe we're going to be blessed today. So today's message, if you're taking notes, you should be. Write this down, please. It's titled, What Do You Expect? You've probably been in a relationship. You've probably been in some sort of conversation with someone. And at some point, someone's looked at you in the eyes and said, well, what do you expect? And that's a very interesting question (laughs) because it makes you think, well, what do I expect? So, so, So there is the question for today. What do you expect? And I want you to think about that question because there's a twist to it. Um, as we get into this message, it's, it may not, we may not answer it the way you think we're going to answer that question. What do you expect? But I believe that we're going to be blessed by it. It's a very simple message. One of the most uh, simple messages that I could preach, to be honest with you. But in its simplicity, it's one of the hardest things for us to live and to act out in, which is in hope and in uh, dependence on the Lord. Because how many of us in here struggle to do things in our own strengths? How many of us struggle with our own pride? And when we struggle with our own pride and with our own strength and all of those things, it's hard to also come to a place where I depend in you, God, but also let me have some control in this as well. And that does not go good in our relationship with God. We will always struggle and wrestle. If you don't believe me, take a field trip to the past and talk to Jacob. And the Lord had to dislocate his hip and say, no more. You need to let go of that and just fully depend on me. You guys feel me? So uh, what do you expect? It's going to be a special time. Open up your hearts. You're going to be blessed today. I know I've been blessed this week being ready to share this with you. And we know that uh, as as, I mean, we could see it in in today's room, but we know that tomorrow is a special day and tomorrow our nation celebrates. Um, if If I did math, I'm very, very bad at math. I'm not good in math. But I believe we celebrate 243 years of independence. When you say that, you really get to see that our nation is actually a baby. It's very young, 243 years. When you're talking about other nations like Iran and Israel, like you're talking about nations that have been around for like 5,000, like, and you're like 200, like what do we really stand in the ring with them? We're just infants before some of these nations um, that are in the East, obviously. Um, Us Western, the Western countries are, are very new and babyish, but we celebrate 243 years of independence, and that's what we do tomorrow. And you go have your burgers and your hot dogs, and you go have your pool parties or your or your beach things, and 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 you hang out maybe with some friends and families, and and we we tend to have a good time. We dress up in red, white, or blue, and we wear our tank tops and the gun show, you know, all those things, man. We just have a <laughs> we have a good time, and that's what we're doing tomorrow, and that's what many have started to do this weekend in which we know what it means, right? It was declared that 13 colonies were no longer subject to the monarch of Britain and King George III. And now these 13 colonies were to be united. They were to be uh, free and independent states. And that's what we're celebrating. That's where we stand on. And lots of good, uh, lots of good has happened uh, since July 4th, 17. Uh, 79. I think I was corrected. I think it's 245 years. Someone corrected me. Thank you for that. Um, so 245 years of, of independence. But lots of good has happened since July uh, 4th, uh, 1779. Lots of good. But we could, uh, 76. But we could also say, I told you my math is all wrong. All messed up. But lots of bad has also come from since that day as well. It's a mixture of both. But one thing is certain, and that's that we can have pride, and we could have pride in our country. Uh, hopefully, we all do, and, and be grateful that the Lord has placed us here in this great nation. And um, we, hopefully, we truly feel that. 
But as we continue to grow and live out our experiences, uh, where we are aware that our dependence, our dependence is not in this nation or its leaders, not at all. We could be grateful for it, but we're definitely learning that we don't depend on this nation and on its leadership. And the more that time passes, the the more that that the church, the, the more the church as time passes is reminded and is reminded of their faith, of their trust, and of their dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're constantly being reminded of this. These reminders are, are flashing faster and faster with each day. I know this because I speak to like my parents and then I speak to like the older generations. And they will say there were difficult moments, there were difficult times, but we've never seen days like this. So I could, only, I could only give weight to their words and say they must know what they're talking about. I didn't live in their time. I mean, my goodness, some of our parents, right, they, they were here when their president got shot. I would say that was a very bad time in our country when your president is getting shot in the middle of a parade. So think about a statement like that from some of our parents and maybe grandparents. And these are reminders <clears throat> that, it's fl- that are flashing faster and faster with each day of our faith. Where is our faith? What is our dependence on? Um, where is our trust laid upon? Very, very important. And recently, we have a perfect example of this in our country where things are changing so quickly in our nation as we get ready to celebrate independence. We're, we're seeing so much happening. Uh, just as we're in this moment today, and in this moment today, uh, we're seeing the issue of abortion, for example. It's, it's the hot topic, and it should be. And since 1973, when it was decided uh, Roe uh, v. Wade, our nation has ignored the cry and the desperation of many. Our nation had, in that moment, yet again, with another act, decided to turn its back against God's word and decided to commit one, if not the greatest sin, and that is not, that is not acknowledging life in the womb. And that's where we're at, and that's the moment that we're in. And I'm, as you can see, I'm really, I have a lot of grace to have conversations on this, but I'm not scared to speak about this. And this church is bold in this. I love what Tony Evans says. We believe in life from the womb to the tomb. And I stand with Dr. Tony Evans when he says that. And this is where we're at. And this is another thing that we're in. And and here we are with another issue. Here's the question. What do we do? What do we do? Well, to begin... To begin, I'll I'll start very simple by saying this. You should write this down. This is a big revelation. Write this down. The first thing you should do, actually, I might share with you only two things, but the first thing, I mean, there's a lot of things we should do, but I'm just going to stay on two things, is we must depend on the Lord. We must depend on the Lord. Start there if you're going to start anywhere. Trust, have faith, and depend on the Lord. So the Lord has been stirring Psalm 62 in my heart, and I want to read it with you, and, and, I, and I believe that you're going to get stuff from it just by reading it. It's a special scripture, a special text from the psalmist. And, and let's read, uh, for sake of time, let's start in verse 5, and let's just go down uh, Psalm 62, and enjoy it with me. Look what is said in, in, in verse 5. It says, my soul waits silently for God alone. I mean, if you, if you read through this text and you see like this is a very interesting introduction for today because David first off um, was in constant warfare David first off I mean if you didn't think his life oh come on how hard could David's life really have been well you be a father and have your very own son out to kill you and take your head from you and you tell me how it feels to go every um, to go to bed every single day lay your head on the pillow knowing that your son has a group of men with him that are going to hunt you down and they want to kill you. The son that you raised, yes, that you maybe helped clean his diapers and you fed him in the morning and, and you gave him breakfast. That son now is after you and wants your throne. You tell me if life was not hard at times for David. 
David had a rough life. David was always in war. David was always in a struggle. And, he, and, and verse 5 is so beautiful because he says this, my soul, with all the noise, with all that's happening, can you relate to that? With all that's happening in your life, in your home, in your career, with your friends, in your family, with all that's happening with sickness, with all that's happening with whatever it is that you're going through, whatever is happening, look at verse five. My soul waits silently for God alone. In the loud, in the clamor, in the noise, my soul waits silently on the Lord. How many times have we said here when we read the Bible, it's like the upside down, inside out, shake it, you put your foot right in, you say, no, I'm just hokey pokey, no. But, but think about what he's saying in this text. My, my soul waits silently. Let's keep reading. For my expectation, maybe your translation says it this way, for my hope slash expectation is from him. Hey, um, church, again, here's the title of today's message. What do you expect? And, and the psalmist says, my expect, you're asking me what I expect? My expectation is from him. <laughs> That's deep. Verse six, he alone, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. You're, they're out for your head. They're out for the throne. You're in constant warfare. And the declaration that comes out of his penship is... I shall not be moved, for he is my defense. How, my, how, how, how many of us, the wind has blown over your house? The waves have crashed against your walls. Anyone with me here? But you stood up and you said, he's my defense, and I shall not be moved. There's a remnant of people that have entered or not entered. There's a remnant of people that the storm has hit and their testimony is strong in this one statement. They were not moved because the Lord was their defense. There were many others that were shaken. There were many others that were moved. But there's a remnant in the land that when the trial got hard, when the waters uh, were risen, when the waves came crashing, when the wind started blowing, the psalmist understands this. And he says, my expectation in the middle of everything that I'm experiencing is from him. And he alone is my rock and my salvation. He alone is my defense and I shall not be moved. The, 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 this text is heavy. <clears throat> this, this text is, is deep. He says, I shall not be moved. Verse seven, he says, in God, here's the answer. Here's what I'm speaking about. My salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Are you noticing where everything that the psalmist, everything is in one individual? Did you catch that? It's all in God. It's not in, I shared this two weeks ago, remember? Not in his intellect, not in his strength, not in his own ability. It's all in God. Verse eight, trust in him. When should you trust in him, church? Yeah, easy for you to say. Easy for you to say. Trust in him. <clears throat> you, you've been in that place. I know you have because I've been there. Where you're just down and out and that brother and sister came up to you and said, you just need to trust in him. And you looked at them in the eyes. You, yes, you wanted to punch them. But deep in your gut, you said, that's easy to say. That's easy to say. The psalmist says, trust in him when, always, at all times, you people trust in him. Pour out your heart before him. And then he repeats this. God is a refuge for us. And then he says, pause and think about that. Salah. Just like we just paused right here. Take time and let that settle.
That's what the writer writes. Take time and let that settle before he ever gets into verse nine. It's a beautiful passage because with whatever life brings, whatever surprises, whatever conflict, may our souls rest in waiting, in trusting. May our souls rest in truly expecting from the Lord. Hey, you're in conflict? You're in trial? If your answer is no, you're going to be. Sorry, I had to to brush your bubble. You're going to be in a trial. You're going to be in a conflict. And watch, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do when I'm in trial, when I'm in conflict? Here's the answer. Expect from him. Expect from him. Understanding that he's aware. He knows all things. He's in control. He has the power over all that is in the land. The psalmist says our expectation that our hope is Not just in the Lord, our expectation, our hope is from the Lord. Yes, my hope is in him, but the only reason that it's in him, it's because it's from him. It's from the Lord. And someone may ask you, like they asked you that, that day, hey, what do you expect, huh? And that was a hard question for you to hear. What do I expect? What do you expect? And I want you to answer that for a moment. What really, what do you expect? We're living in 2022. What do you expect? How do you answer that? Your child is sick. What do you expect? Your marriage is hurting. What do you expect? Hey, your ministry got hard. What do you expect? Your finances took a hit. What do you expect? I mean, I don't know. You could give me things. I'm running out of stuff. What do you expect? What do you expect of your government? What do you expect of leader or pastor so-and-so? You know, sometimes we expect from spiritual leaders. What do you expect? I love one pastor posted like, why should you, why are you guys waiting for me to, to post something? You're all waiting for me to post something so much on this whole abortion thing. Like, oh, he was basically telling his followers, get a life. You're putting so much pressure on me just to post something. Like if, like if I'm your expectation, this person said. And I said, oh man, that's pretty good. All the weight on, on a certain individual, that's scary. What do you expect in this world? What do you expect in your family? What do you expect from your government? What do you expect from pastor? What do you expect from your church? What do you expect from Christians? What do you expect from the Lord? Like, what do you expect? Answer all of that from every avenue of your life. Well, the answer is actually very simple, so I'm going to help you today. It's simple. Here it is. I'm going to answer it for you. You don't even have to do homework. You don't have to go search for it. Do not go to Google, Bing, whatever you're choosing is. Here it is. Ready? The answer is simple. What do you expect? Here it is. My expectation is from the Lord. That's what I expect, and that's what I should always expect. And if I'm not, I need some others, others that expect in this to really hold me accountable if I ever take my eyes and my life off of track from expecting from the Lord. If you see me put my energies and my eyes on another power, on another entity, on a person, on an on a, on a, on a organism or organization, please hold me accountable and look at me accountable and look at me and say, what do you expect? It should always be my expectation is from God. What do you expect, church? Husband, wife, child, business owner, whatever, wherever you're at, what do you expect? My expectation is from the Lord. My hope is from the Lord. And listen to this. The sooner I come to understand, I'm, I'm just, this is my notes now for myself. If you want to steal my notes for you, you could have it. But I wrote this for me. This is why I'm not saying the sooner that you understand. I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm going to speak for myself. So here's what I wrote. The sooner that I come to understand and believe for myself that my expectation, my hope is not from any system, any man, or any earthly power then the sooner my soul will be at rest waiting in the Lord. 
Do you know why my heart goes into chaos and my mind goes into chaos and I start to go into anxiety mode and there's things revving and there's motors in my mind. And my wife looks at me and says, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just need to sit down. It's because my expectation, I've taken it off God. And I placed it on a man, on a person, on a group, on an individual. Expectation is from the Lord. I want you to think of this and I want you to really be honest with yourself because the psalmist, hey, he's writing from a very transparent place. And I don't think that it's fair to come and sit under the word of God and sugarcoat or ignore things that are really happening and that God in his word is really speaking to us. We're doing a disservice for the word of God, which is grace and truth. I love, I love these days that we're living in because it's doing a work in me and I'm going to tell you what it's doing in me. It's making me bolder as I'm studying the text. The more I study the text, the bolder I'm getting. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to fight for the kingdom of God. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm like, I want to be a violent that takes it by force. It's a beautiful thing to be at. Be there. Think of this. Look at what the psalmist is saying. We're answering this question. What do you expect? The psalmist answers it fully in one statement. If you haven't written it down yet, what do you expect? It's right there. My soul, my soul waits silently for God alone. Only God. He points it. He hits the bullseye. He throws the arrow. He hits the red mark. I mean, it is a bullseye. It's only on God alone. Why is it only on God alone? Why does your soul wait silently for him alone? And he answers it and he says, for my hope, my expectation, it's not on anything or anyone, it's from him. It's such a powerful statement. When I read this throughout the week and and I knew I was coming this Sunday, I said, I have to share what God is stirring in me and I have to deliver it to you. I actually had something that I wanted to do and I was, I was even going to put a post up on Instagram and I had to say, no, I can't do it because this was stirred so much in my heart that I said, that has to wait for another day. I was going to show you actually a report card of mine when I was in fourth grade. To be continued. We won't get into that today. In the old days, I went to some sort of Catholic school and the teachers would write notes of how your child is doing. We'll talk about that another day. So so we read this and our souls are to wait or to rest or to trust silently on him, on him alone. Think about that statement. Why? How? Because, because our expectation is from him. All hope is from him. Listen, I hope we could all say this. We've all seen the faithfulness of God in our lives. Yes? We've all seen the faithfulness of God. Say that out loud. I have seen the faithfulness of God in my life. Because maybe there's one of you that forgot that. That you came over here and like, I haven't seen God's faithfulness in a long time. And today the Lord wanted you to say this. I have seen the faithfulness of God in my life. And because you've seen the faithfulness of God, because you've experienced the faithfulness of God, listen to this, it has downloaded expectation and hope in you. Because I've seen God's faithfulness downloaded in my system has been hope has been expectation. Why do you hope in God? Why do you expect from God? Because I've seen day in and day out the faithfulness of God in my life and that has downloaded hope and expectation. This is what you do. Here's a homework assignment. When you're out and you're in the, when you're like in the miry stuff, in the mud, when you're not feeling good, when you're down on yourself, when you're really hard on yourself, when you don't feel like coming to church, when you don't feel like serving, when you don't feel like praying and reading the Bible, worshiping, when you just feel disconnected and you are aggressively or purposely disconnecting from God, whatever it is, I want you to do this. Start doing this. Let this be a homework assignment. Ready? Stop yourself and think about the faithfulness of God in your life throughout the days and throughout the years and let him download expectation again in you. If he split the sea once in my life, I need to believe and I need to expect that he is more than able to split the sea again in my life. Why would God change his nature? The answer is he does not. He's faithful. Guess when he was faithful? Yesterday. 
Guess when he's faithful? Today, you'll never believe this. Guess when he'll continue to be faithful? Tomorrow and forevermore. So I think about his faithfulness, and I'm too think I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> My goodness. And I'm preaching, and, I'm, and I think about his faithfulness when I'm down, when I'm out. Why? Because, Lord, you know very well that I need expectation downloaded into me because I've lost all expectation. I know that I'm talking to people that have lost expectation in their life. I've doubted my calling. I've surrendered this place to my wife a million times. And she just smiles at me and says, and what are you going to do? And where are you going to go? And how's that going to feel? And how are you going to answer to God? And you're going to be okay when you stand before him? And, and, and she's always right. And I just walk away from her. I'm just, I'm just waiting for her to validate me, you know? I'm just waiting for her to say, you're right. Let's just disappear. And I'm like, yes, you understand me. But she won't do it. She's like, yeah, good luck with that. I'm not going with you. <laughs> That's not going to be good if she doesn't come with me. What do you expect? What do you expect? I guess you're right. I put my expectation in something else. Let me come back to the place where my expectation is from the Lord. The first thing I like to tell all believers, any believers, share this, post this, send this to someone, say, you need to hear this message. And the first thing I want to tell everyone here at our nest is simple. But now you've come to understand that it's been very difficult at times. And it's to depend on God. Happy Independence Day. <laughs> but independence is only found in your dependence on God. You're not fully independent. Don't ever think for once you're fully independent. That's a trick from this world. If you're any kind of independent, you're independent because you found dependence in God. And you will live in true independence if that dependence on the Lord stays rooted. The moment that you unroot your dependence from the Lord, you are now dependent to the world system and to the powers of hell. So be dependent on the Lord so that you could be independent to the nature of this world. The word depend is a very, oh, here's the definition. To be controlled or determined by. You are controlled and determined by God. This is where I was going to put like the pictures up of my, but I didn't want to take away from this. Be controlled or determined by. That's where you need to be. Let's keep reading because we'll never get out of here. Verse nine says, <coughs> surely men of low degree, verse nine, uh, Psalm 62, same passage, are a vapor. What, what, a, what a great verse. Surely men of low degree are a vapor. And, and, and some of you with high degree, right? Like you're the high pedigree of, of mankind. They're going to talk to you too. Men of high degree are a lie. <laughs> so all classes, high class, low class, middle class, we're just going to touch all of you real quick. You're a vapor, it's all a lie. Look what this says. If you grab them all together, if you weigh them on the scale, they're all together lighter than vapor. Go and grab vapor and put it on a scale. See how much that weighs. And all man stands in the, in the scale, and all man is but a vapor. I love how the New Living translate this, translates this verse. It says, common people are as worthless as a puff of wind. <laughs> and the powerful are not what they appear to be. That's why it says they're a lie. They, they think they're something, but guess what? All man will stand before God, great and small. And on that day, all man will say, uh-oh, this is greatness. I thought I was great. I thought I had a lot of money. I thought there was riches. But my gosh, is this rich? Is this glory? Is this power for the low folk and for the highly folk? Like he, he, He's bringing it all together. He says, and the powerful are not what they appear. And if you weigh them on scales, together they are lighter than the breath of air. So, so, so what, an, what an amazing truth this is, that men of low degree and are like a vapor, and men of high degree are a lie. 
And, and this psalm speaks much of trusting and, and what's going on with man really here. We're not picking on man and their social status or anything like that. All we're pointing at is man is called to this one thing, wherever they're at, in riches and in poverty. If you don't do this, you're all struggling, the rich and the poor and the middle class. If you're going to do anything, start here. Depend, trust in God alone. So David explained why it was important to not set trust in man. Your, 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 your expectation in man, he understood that whether they are men of low degree or men of high degree, all together they're like a vapor or lighter actually than a vapor. There is no substance. They're worthy of trust. Don't trust in a man, not ever. It does not mean to live distrusting everyone. It means don't fully Put all of your expectation on man because you're going to soon come to see that they fail just like you. They fall just like you. They struggle in areas just like you. As much as they may appear to be beautiful and appear to have it all together, guess what? Inside of them still may be a thirsty soul. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And this is what the author is writing. The point is simple. The point is this. It's not much that we have nothing to fear from man, but it's more that we have nothing to hope from man. Our expectation and our hope is not and should not ever be in man. So if you came to Nest Church and you thought that anyone here, I or any other leader or pastor is going to play that role, you will never find a leader, a pastor, and a church that will accommodate your needs because your expectation is solely found from him. It's from him. What can you possibly need and want from me? Just live with me, not for 24 hours, for two minutes, and you'll make a U-turn and say, I'll see you Sunday. What can you possibly want and need from me? I might need more from you. <laughs> so when you come to me to counsel me, I might sit and say, now you start talking and counsel me too. <laughs> All right. Just thought that was fun to say that. I'll call you back. <laughs> but we get the point. Our expectation is from him. Verse 10. Do not trust. So he speaks of men. Now he's going to point at things. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Another translation may say it this way. Do not make it the center of your life. So never is he saying bad, negative things or speaking down to riches. Riches are a very good thing, and the Lord may want to do great things with man's riches. So that's not what the psalmist is saying. What he's saying is something totally different. He's saying, don't make it the center of your life. That's where it goes wrong. Money's great. We know this already, but the love of money is evil. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. So I don't want you to ever think, oh my God, that church, all they do is bash rich people. No, be rich. We, we want you to be rich. We're doing an amazing campaign. Build the Okay, just playing. <clears throat> we have to just laugh every once in a while, church. But we are. We're trying to find a new location. So be rich. <laughs> Amen. But David understands this. He's seen men during his lifetime advance. He's seen men advance, but listen to this, through evil and through cruelty. And, and never can the evil be used to get the results. Or to just, you can't justify those results through evil. It's not going to happen. See, David himself ended up being very wealthy. And then let's not even talk about his son. But he knew the danger in setting his heart on wealth and on riches. And so do we. That if you're going to have great wealth, amen. 
Just don't trust in those riches. Your dependence is not from it. Your dependence is from him. Many are the times that we've spoken to someone who their dependence is on what they've achieved or their dependence is on how much they earn. Their dependence is what's in their bank account. Never is our dependence on those things. Our dependence is not in only. Our dependence, our, our expectation is from him. Is from him. Is from him. Verse 11, he says, God has spoken once and twice. I've heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, verse 12, O Lord belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his work. Wow. God is power. Can you say that? God is power. And and listen to this. And any power, God is power, and any power that we may have, it must be as a representative of God. God is power. We see the fall of many godly men and women. We see the fall of many godly people. When they lose the focus, when they take their eyes off the source of their power, which is God alone. I wrote this down. Maybe you should write it. Here's what I wrote. Any power given to man is to glorify the Lord and not ourselves. Lest we be stripped from such power and positions to be humbled. We've seen that so many times in our lives. Men of great power, great prestige, a great following, And instantly, bam, they thought the power was about them. They thought the influence was of them. They thought the movement was of them. And instantly, bam, the Lord shows up and says, you must be humbled because all power is mine. And if you have power in my name, you do it as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. Our our expectation is from him. So if there's power, it's from him. I I love what, uh, well, before I get that, I'm going to give you a quote for a second. But back to this question of what do you expect? Well, the expectation is to depend, to depend on the Lord, to expect from the Lord, to do good. I'm I'm coming now close to the end here, to, to do good, to speak what is good. Please listen to this, church. To respond with goodness. Listen, it might be true what you're saying. It might be true how you're responding. But is it filled with goodness? If it's not, keep your truth for that moment to yourself, please. Because the Lord's goodness is what draws men to repentance. And his truth is backed up with his goodness. So just, well, how does he start? Oh, my soul, wait. Silently, do good, speak what's good, respond with goodness. Why? What does the psalmist say here in verses 11 and in verse 12? He says, for God will have mercy. Why are you called to be good and do good in this land? Because God will have mercy. So check this out. As the world may ignore and reject, know that the Lord will reward you with his goodness. He says, also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, the psalmist says, for you render to each one according to his work. So Spurgeon says this, man neither helps us nor rewards us. God will do the both. (laughs) And that's where we're at. God, church, what do you expect? Can you answer it a little bit better now? Since our expectation is from the Lord, then it only seems right during moments like these or moments that times past. And yes, the many more moments to come. If our hope and our expectation is from the Lord, then let's wait. And what are you going to wait? Wait in and wait for the Lord. 
As we stated in verse 5, my soul, everyone say my soul, right? Wait silently for God alone. What are you waiting for? God alone, that's your answer. Your dependence is from him. Your expectation is from him. God alone, that's what I'm waiting for. So what do I do? If you feel like he hasn't showed up yet, guess what you should keep doing? Keep waiting on him. Keep trusting in him. Let your expectation from him grow in you. Amen. I'm going to take all this word for myself. When I get home, I'm going to yell amen, preach it to myself because it's for me. This whole word's for me. I'm taking it. Whether you take a piece of it or not, it's all mine. I'm taking it. So I come to think about this again. I say, well, don't speak. Don't speak regal because you feel like the world needs an answer or response from you. Do you know just two weeks ago how many responses I wanted to give? And again, Nancy says, don't do it. You can't take it back. Don't do it. Don't do it. And at the end of the day, I had to weigh my heart before God anyways. Don't answer. Don't respond yet. Let your soul wait silently for God, not just in this thing, but in all things, in future things to come. I told you that the best is yet to come, remember? We defined what that phrase really meant. So in the best that is yet to come, let your, way, let your soul wait silently on the Lord. Let your hope, your expectation come from him. So the next thing and the last thing that I would like to tell you is this. Don't speak anything. Don't speak anything. Oh, but I have so much to say. I know, but don't speak anything that is not what the Lord has first downloaded in you. It's better if you don't say it. Did the Lord say it? Is, is the Lord speaking here? Yes, then say it. Is the Lord not speaking here? No, it's my frustration, it's my emotions, it's my... Then don't say it. If the Lord hasn't downloaded the information to you, don't speak like you have any kind of information, please. Am I just preaching to myself here? That when it's time, when it's time for you that you must speak, now you will minister and you will speak from the hope and the expectation that is from the Lord. So that when you speak, there is truth, but that truth leads people to find comfort in Jesus. So what, what should I say as we get ready to close? Be educated. Be learned. Be wise in the leading of the Holy Spirit so that your words and so that your life can have grace and truth. Where do I start? Let your face fall on the scriptures. I heard one, or I read this this week. I heard one person write this or say this. Someone said, I've never heard the voice of God in my life. I never heard his audible voice. The answer to that is, well, start reading the Bible out loud. <laughs> and you'll start hearing his audible voice. You'll just come, oh, that's what God is saying. I hope you've heard the voice of God today through Psalm 62. Come on, what do you expect? I'm going to speak to myself again. What do I expect? I expect to depend on the Lord, to wait, to trust in Him, even if it's silently. Even if there's crowds and there's people, person that wants you to say something. Do you know that Jesus was in moments where he was in crowds and they said, say something. And the Bible says he would not say a word. Because my response is, is not for you. My response is from him. And he wouldn't say a word multiple times. There, there was one time I said, well, well, they say that you're this person, that you're the Lord. You know, they, they give a whole description of who he is. And, and Jesus just looked at them and says, you said it. You said who I am. I don't have to say it. You said everything for me. Come on, what do you expect? Depend, wait, trust, even if it's in the silence. And it doesn't end there. I expect, I expect to live out. And when it's time, as I'm living it out, I expect to speak out. 
because it's not always to be quiet, but when it's time to speak out the hope and the expectation that is in me that is originally from him. Any expectation or hope that I may give anyone, trust me, it's not in me. It's got to come from him. It's got to come from him. How many of you can say amen? So I'm sure, as we close up, I'm sure that most of us would say God's word lives in you. If God's word doesn't live in you, then that's a, it's the ruler, it's what measures your life. It should start living in you. So make it a habit and make it an intimate reality where the word of God begins to live in you. And if his word lives in you, like many of you just admitted that it does, then the answer should be, your words should be his words, yeah? If you just wait silently, if your expectations from him and you're ready to speak, should they not be his words? So I thought about Psalm 119, verse 105 and 106. I know you've read this before. You've probably heard this before. He writes this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet. It's a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. So I thought of all these scriptures and I said, well, let his words, let them guide my feet, right? But if I have his words in me, let the words that I speak, the expectation that I speak, which is from him, let, may they guide the feet of many. May it light the path of many. May we always obey what he has first placed in us. What he has spoken and what he continues to speak to us. May we always be obedient to that. And may that be a light to many that we do life before. Amen. We spent six weeks on Colossians. And I don't know if you forgot about some of the stuff that we read in Colossians. But in chapter 4 of Colossians, verse 6, we went through this as we closed up Colossians. And we said, let your speech, everyone say speech. Yeah, let it always be with grace. Let it be seasoned with salt. That you may know <clears throat> how you ought to answer each one. Make sure you're downloaded. Make sure your expectation is from him. In Matthew chapter 5, it reminds us of a great truth. As I ask you, what do you expect? The answer should be, my expectation is from him. Nothing else but that. That's it. I'm changing my life starting today. And Matthew 5, verse 13, 14, 15, and 16 says this. You are, everyone say, I am. Because he's, oh, I was weak. Come on, tomorrow you're going to scream fireworks, all these great. I am. <laughs> yeah. He's pointing at you now. He's speaking to you now. He's spinning it on you now. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt lose its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? And it's, it's good for nothing then. The only thing that that salt is good for is to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are, everyone say, I am. The light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light the lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, church, shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify. Not your good works, because it's downloaded. Your good works is downloaded. Look what it says. Your good works, and in that, they will glorify the Father that is in heaven. Our expectation is from Him. The response is, we become the healing to the land. Amen. Lord, whatever expectations were set in this place, that were placed in the wrong person, in the wrong thing, that today every individual in this room would shift. That there would be an obvious transformation, Lord. That every person that's here 
would come to understand, would come to fall under the order of, under your control, that every person that's here, that their expectation would be from you. And because of that, they live in a freedom like never before. Because their dependence is from you, that they can live as independent as they never have before. We're celebrating Independence Day. Well, today is it. We don't have to wait another day. Today we celebrate our independence that is found in Jesus Christ because we've laid all of our dependence in Him. And all of our dependence and our expectation is from Him. And because of that, He's given me the liberty and the freedom to live as such. He's given you, church, the ability to live in freedom of holiness, in freedom of righteousness. He's given you the ability to live in freedom, being the light of the world, the salt of this earth, a city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. That is the freedom and the liberty that you have. You don't have to go and sacrifice a lamb, kill a chicken, and speak to a high priest. I'm telling you that your expectation is found in Jesus. And because of that, you have the freedom to be the healing of this land because of that which has been downloaded into you. Hallelujah. My God, I wish that we could just preach this to the nation, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that our expectation is from you. May we never forget that. May we never stray from that. And if there's anyone here that is down, that is struggling, that is doubting, that is weary, that is hurting, that has lost faith, I pray that today they would rest and that they would remember the faithfulness of God in their life. And when they begin to rejoice in the faithfulness of God, that right then and there, you will begin to download expectation in their spirit. And that they would know that yes, they're not finished. That you've called them for this time and for this moment. And it's time for them to rise up, to get up and serve you yet again. We love you, Lord. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Can you give God some praise?